Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes Sterling Trap King Davis, founder of the nonprofit Trap King Humane Cat Solutions. And the two of them will be chatting about Sterling's story of going from rapper to trapper, as well as his mission to change the stereotypes of not only men in cat rescue, but also bridge the gap in communication between black communities and predominantly white animal welfare organizations. And now I welcome your host and cat lover, Sunny Joy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Benny, I had no idea you were going to do that. What? It just, what? I can't bring in cats to the studio today? It's like a natural thing. We do it all the time. <laughs> if I can try to do my normal intro without laughing too hard. <laughs> so I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. And our local KPCA disclaimer, the views expressed here are not necessarily the views of Petaluma Community Access, KPCA Radio, or its board of directors, volunteers, staff, or underwriters. And just as housekeeping, my website is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. Um, Benny, how are you doing up in Seattle? <laughs> doing very well. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Now go away. Go away. Go away. <laughs> oh, <Benny>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can hear Sterling laughing know, in the background. Right? We'll <laughs> Sterling, welcome to the show. Yeah. I'll read your bio well, in a moment. Yeah, we'll get it. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I can't stop laughing over here. The cat sounds is too much. It's too much. I know. Best well, intro we... ever. <laughs> and I have to say, Benny is famous for those. And when I sent over your information yesterday to let him know who we'd be speaking with today, Benny is one of those who goes out. Any guests that we have that have any musical connections, he will go out and find some of their work and he immediately wrote back and was like rapper turn trapper okay we got to be on this uh yeah <laughs> he has some, i think he has some um some music i have pulled up. yes a couple cuts oh, they, they wow. are they are out there and they're clean which is good i appreciate that you're putting you're, you're putting some stuff online and i might have a surprise for you later but that we'll, we'll figure that one in oh okay. wow uh-huh that's up to Benny you though is- Oh my God, please, Benny, whatever you've got for us. I get super excited about this stuff. You never know what Benny's going to do in the background with all of his engineering and producing. So (laughs) So I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And I have to tell you, Sterling, I will read your bio here, but I have spent, this has been one of the most fun interview preps that I have done because there are so many amazing videos out there. Um, and these are anything from a 60 second documentary clip to, you know, a 10 minute video from a, a local vet who I guess has a YouTube show and, or, and then of course you have made the rounds in the media, um, recently, like there are just so many stories and features on you. And so I have just been laughing, crying, happy tears. Just, I mean, it has just been such a fun morning for me preparing for this particular show. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Seriously. It has been a journey has been a journey. <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like things are really beginning to blow up. And so I'll just let, for those out there listening, if you do not know Sterling Trap King Davis, I have a feeling you will, <laughs> not just from this bio, but 
Um, he is definitely making a name for himself. Um, he is a well-traveled ex-military music and cat enthusiast who has always loved entertaining and interacting with people. Since childhood, he was also the only guy in his neighborhood that loved cats. One day, while taking a break from the rap group he was performing with, Sterling saw a posting for a job cleaning litter boxes at his local shelter. He needed something to do to pass the time, so he applied for the job. He started cleaning litter boxes and loved working with cats so much, he was promoted to an outreach position where he could focus on trap, neuter, return. And that's the acronym for that is TNR. So anytime we're talking about TNR today, that will stand for trap, neuter, and return, um, which is really the only way to humane control cat overpopulation. And it was at that point that he decided to give up his successful music career. I understand you were about to go on tour with Tech Nine, which um, <laughs> is a pretty well-known name in the rap game. <laughs> yes, well-known for sure. <laughs> yeah. So he turned all that down, gave up the successful music career to focus on his passion for cats. And then in 2017, he started his own nonprofit, Trap King Humane Cat Solutions, where he focuses on educating assisting and doing TNR and community cat management. Davis's mission is to change the stereotypes of not only men in cat rescue, but also bridge the gap in communication between black communities and predominantly white wealth, animal welfare organizations. He lives and breathes his motto, you don't lose cool points for compassion. And today Davis is a sought after speaker all over the world, speaking at events like CatCon, Cat Camp, Meow DC, and fundraising events for small rescues and shelters across the United States. Sterling hopes one day to travel the country in an RV teaching animal advocates and communities of all sizes how to care for their community cats. Um, the website, if you would like to know more about this um, organization and Sterling Trap King Davis, go to, uh, you can visit uh, trapkinghumane.org. That is trapkinghumane.org. Now, I think you're going to have to modify your bio because from what I understand, you just recently got an RV and we'll be traveling the country and it's all wrapped with the beautiful logo and Rick James, the cat memorial on the back of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just, I was able to finally do it, which was a big deal because at first I was staying out in my conversion van. I had a 1997 conversion van with cats all over it. So the upgrade to the RV was definitely a, a big deal. Yeah, I watched the video where you got to do, you did a little tour with the interviewer. And I mean, that, it, I just, I'm so excited for this. And you were talking already about some of the trips that you're hoping to make down. You've got contacts and friends all over the United States who are doing any number of, you know, animal welfare uh, type activities or just going and visiting communities that need more trap, neuter, release uh, services. So I just, what's what's first on your agenda at this point? Well, I'm trying to, I just, um, actually, when I first got the RV, the first uh, trip that I took was down in Chincoteague Island, Virginia, mm -hmm. where it was a, a mass TNR event. And I was out there to help do some TNR to help spread the word and, and rally the troops out. And a lot of times, that's, that's what I want to do. That's a lot of people in cat rescue, we, they always say, cat people aren't usually people people so <laughs> so you want I want to be able to help um go out and spread the word because a lot of people don't have time to sit on the internet or it's hard to raise funds it's hard to get help and then again of course like I said certain communities um it's hard to go in and speak to people about TNR they may not understand they may not be for it so I try to help with those difficult situations too yeah 
And this all started, I, I really, I would like to back up a bit because you have, it sounds like an unusual background in the sense that not only um, I read somewhere that you became a vegetarian at age 12 after visiting a slaughterhouse and most 12 year olds don't have that much maturity or awareness. So you got that and then you were the only person that liked cats in your neighborhood or particularly the, the only guy. So tell us a little bit about your background and how that shaped who you have become. So I've always had a thing for animals and cats, but I think it was heightened with, like you said, I visited a slaughterhouse and most people are like, okay, what was you doing at that age at a slaughterhouse? But it had nothing to do with that at the time. It was actually about a man named Marcus Rothbart and he owned a cattleman's meat company. So I was, I had won a writing contest at school and the winner got to interview Mr. Rothbart and it was about his transition from concentration camps and coming surviving all of that and coming over to America and starting his own business. So that was mm. what the actual interview was about. But he was late and me being a little kid, I wandered around a little oh, bit his facility no. and it, you know, it it, it changed everything. Like I, after that I went home and I told my mom, hey, I'm not eating animals no more, mom. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna work out. And she was like, well you're gonna eat you're gonna eat whatever I feed you. But <laughs> after a couple months, after a couple months, she was like, "Okay, I think we better go take you to the doctor because you, really you really sitting here trying not to eat meat." So <laughs> that was like really eye opening in that sense, because like I said, I always loved animals and especially cats, but that was eye opening for me. That was like, okay, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't know we were doing it. It seemed like we were eating more than we needed to eat animals and it was it just seemed like overkill at that time so that yeah. that pushed me to that and probably had a lot to do with me um doing what I'm doing now I actually think everything in my life up until you know rescue I think it was leading me to that as far as entertainment and you know being able to speak being comfortable in being able to speak so I think all of that led to me rescuing cats doing what I'm doing now yeah and you know I was going to save this question until much later in the interview because I don't want to hit you with this like straight <laughs> off the bat. But because of what you just said about how you came to that conclusion at age 12, which leads me to believe you are probably a pretty old soul. And I don't know. I mean, KKNW, I don't know if you know anything about our little station up here in, in Seattle, but and my work particularly, but I'm, I'm a pretty spiritual person and we've got some woo-woo listeners and, and we love all that kind of stuff. And so I'm just curious, you know, do you consider yourself an old soul? Do you have a spiritual practice or a faith-based practice that has also helped shape who you've become. Yeah, I um I would consider I guess I would consider myself spiritual. I mean, I've I've studied a lot of different religions growing up and I have been called an old soul many times. I never actually referred to myself as that, but I would I would believe it cuz like I said I've had a lot of people um say that. But growing up, I was, you know, I think I was lucky to be able to experience a little of every different religion and different practices as far as meditation i was a uh, i sang in a church choir got baptized and um i actually did a lot of things with the nation of islam studying with them uh Je some jehovah's witness so i've always been a seeker of information like that I, i've always been open to learning about new beliefs cultures people and I, again i think that's another thing that helps me with what I do as far as rescue, because I'm comfortable with communicating with different people. Like 
different backgrounds, different cultures is actually fun to me. So, yeah. but I would, I, I, I guess I could say I'm old. So I would, people have told, <laughs> people have told me that. <laughs> yes. And so the other thing, okay. So of all the things we're talking about, then I know you also had some time in the military, which, and I can't remember where I saw this, but the, you know, toxic masculinity is, is um, something that I think people are beginning to become more aware of now and the desire for us to embrace a more, the divine masculine um, persona. And so I, I don't want to generalize here or stereotype, but I think often the military can be associated with sometimes toxic masculinity. And so how, I, I'm curious for you, how did you come out of the military or how, what was your involvement with the military and how did that also um, perhaps inspire you to, um, you know, take the softer approach with the animal rescue versus something that's out there that's like, ah, very aggressive? Well, uh, shout out to the Navy. I was in the Navy. I was a, a OS. That was my job as an operations mm -hmm. specialist. So I was down there helping navigate the ship, watching the radars. That was my job. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, like you said, with the military, it helped again with different cultures, different people. Mm -hmm. But just like in growing up in predominantly black neighborhoods, there was a lot of the macho stuff going on. Like mm -hmm. there was there was so much of that. And I, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that has somewhat hindered the relationship as far as getting more men involved in something like cat rescue. Mm -hmm. And so I'm try. I, I I really try to work and change that. I mean, it's growing up. You you wouldn't believe it, but everybody. So many people have told me a guy's supposed to have a dog, not cats. Like, <laughs> why you got cats? Like, a, you a guy? You supposed to have a dog? And I'm like, why is that? Why 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 can't I have a cat? Why do I? Why does a you know a guy have to have a dog? That's that's weird. I even had a kid. I even visited a school and had a kid say to me like they believed most of their young life that all dogs were guys and all cats were girls. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, that is weird. That, that That's crazy to me. So <laughs> I've, I've definitely been working to break some of those stereotypes, that outlook on that. Yeah. Um, okay. So then I want to fast forward then perhaps to what, where you were when you started the, the Trap King um, cat rescue or the, um, I want to say the name exactly right. Trap King <laughs> Humane. Oh gosh. Where is it? Trap King Humane, Humane, Humane Cat Solutions. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So you were, you were performing, you were a rapper, you're about to go on tour. Um, what, give us like the details on the switch to, you got the litter box gig at the local animal shelter. There were apparently some amazing women there who, and then you got promoted to outreach. And then now here we are with you having founded your own organization. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. I, um, so of course all my friends was like, you're crazy when I, <laughs> cause I was in between tours and I ended up telling them that I wasn't going to come back, which like I said, everybody was like, okay, Sterling has lost it. He's going to he's going to go broke. He's crazy now. Like, <laughs> so, but it was, I mean, I, all my life, I think even with music, I've wanted to do something positive. Like I really do want to have a positive impact on every living creature's path that I cross. Like I really want to do that. So even with my music, I wanted to do that. When I start, when I saw, found out about T 
TNR and Cat Rescue because I was originally just going to scoop litter and I was going to go back on tour. But mm-hmm. I, I saw that I could feel that void. It it meant a lot more. Like I was, I don't have any two-legged children. I got four-legged ones. So <laughs> I was thinking about my legacy and something I want to leave behind and, and the effect that I want to have. So that that turned me on it, it just soon as I saw that soon as I saw that it wasn't a lot of people like me and it was so rare and then how inspiring it was like how many people would come up to me I had guys come up and be like you know I think I like cats too but they would probably never say that out loud because it was so not cool or it wasn't masculine or it wasn't you know for whatever reason they wouldn't come out and say anything about it so I think that was like Oh man, like the <laughs> the craziest thing I did, it was like literally, I'm about to do this. I remember my friend Jaron Benton, shout out to Jaron Benton. He uh was like, dude, are you serious? Like, like, are you gonna really just say forget the tour and you gonna rescue cats? And I'm like, I know, I know, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. So I did. And I think I kind of think some of some of the people on tour saw that coming a little bit because another guy a producer Kato the producer shout out to my buddy Kato Kato was like after like a weekend or like maybe two weeks into one tour we was on he was uh he was in the back of the, of the vehicle we was riding in and I was talking about my cat Rick James I would talk about Rick all the time and I, I wouldn't say Rick James. I would just be like, and Rick is doing this, or Rick is doing that, and Rick was doing that. And I find, and Jaron was like, man, you just always talk about that cat. And I remember Cato set up and was like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me all this time Rick is a cat? <laughs> it's like, I thought that was your brother or something. Like, you've been, t- you been talking about a cat this whole time? <laughs> so I think they kind of saw that coming a little bit because I, yeah, I would talk about my cat Rick all the time because I missed him while we was on tour. So they, <laughs> I think they saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I know I, I very much relate to this. And yeah, I think um, I have been called a crazy animal person many times and talk about them as if they are humans, which I think they are, well, anyway, I'm sure we feel so <laughs> about these things, but. Um, oh, yeah. So so it's 2017. And the other thing that I think is really compelling about your story is the fact that you decided to go out on your own and and found this organization. Um, And you could have just stayed with another rescue or another organization doing their their outreach or whatever. And I think whether you're doing starting an animal rescue organization or some business or restaurant or something that's like been a dream in your heart um, to kind of go it out on your own. What advice or wisdom do you have for folks out there who maybe whatever their passion is, you know, yours has been cats and TNR, but someone else out there who maybe is a little bit scared um, and doesn't know if there will be a net to catch them if they jump. Tell us about that experience and what wisdom you have for others out there considering doing something like this. You know, I I like that you use the word jump because I'm going to tell you one of the (laughs) things that I, one of the things that I did at this may be a, maybe some crazy, uh, crazy piece of advice. I don't know, but it, it worked for me. I, I've always been afraid of heights. And for a lot of a lot of my life, I've had the issue of being afraid to jump out there or put myself out there in a different type of way. It was always easy with music and entertainment to that extent, but to do something different, like I would always say, you know, wow, I don't know if I should do it. I don't know if I can. 
don't know if I should, if it'll work. And it was like that with cat rescue because it was like, man, what if this doesn't work? And I, like they said, people like me don't really do rescue. So what if I can't? So one of the things that I did to get over my fear of heights and to, you know, push myself to make that jump into something that I love or something different Mm -hmm. is I went skydiving. Uh, <laughs> really did it like you did yeah like, what do they say like exposure <laughs> therapy you just went straight for that end of the spectrum jumping right out of an airplane. for it <laughs> right for it I went skydiving and I, I remember I was watching uh I can't remember what show it was but somebody was talking about taking that leap forward jumping mm-hmm. off the pot like doing it and that's what skydiving was for me like it was it really pushed me to say okay if I could c- overcome that and put myself out there and do that I can do anything like I can go and I I did it wasn't you know that helped me a lot get out of my head as far as what everybody else is gonna think and that's the thing I would say too don't if you have any dreams I mean if you're gonna do it do it don't don't worry about what other people will think like that's it's always gonna be some good in it it's always gonna be some bad in it if I was worried about just how many of my friends was going to make fun of me for leaving a rap tour to rescue cats that I would have never done it. <laughs> I would have never done it. And I'm, I'm happy that I did do it. So what other people may say and think, don't even worry about it. Mm, yeah, I love that. Um, and, and you, I also just looking, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about this new RV, you lived in a, your conversion bin, which was also, you know, the, the, for utility purposes, the vehicle you were using to do go around the city and do trap and release work, you were really committed. Um, and, and when you jumped, you really ju- did jump full in. How does it feel now that things are, it seems like from me looking at the outside and uh, reading and watching the videos that things are really beginning. You've got momentum now. You've got a lot of traction. You've got a lot of support, a lot of exposure out there in the media. Things are really coming together. How does that feel to have gone from such a level of intense commitment to now maybe things having some momentum of their own? It's amazing. I mean, I I still can't believe it looking back on some of the things that's happened and, and did like the turn of events, how it turned out. It's it's amazing because I didn't even with the like my van, the conversion van that I was staying out of originally, I, you know, I had to run that thing like crazy, running the heat. Like I I didn't I thought it was gonna last a little bit longer. <laughs> and <laughs> it didn't. I was really using it. I was running that thing like crazy. So when I started the campaign for my RV, I it was more so that I had to. Like yeah. I didn't I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it, if I would get enough, like, I, and then I suck at asking for donations. So I'm <laughs> like, seriously, like, it's like hard for me to do that. But right? everybody around me is like, okay, how are you going to be a nonprofit? If you don't want to ask for anything. And I'm like, I don't like the whole point living out of the van was so that, you know, I couldn't afford rent and cat surgeries at the same time. So I was like, cool, I won't have to ask for so much money or nothing like that. And then it's like, Hey, Sterling, you should ask for donations. Like, you're going to need some help. You're living out of your van. It's okay. People will understand if you ask for donations. So it was. It, it, it still blows my mind that people were that as supportive as they were and that I was able to do this, like, in the time that I was able to do it. So, and now it just feels like it's, it's really pushing me towards doing what I want to do like I'm that's I'm ready to hit the road with my my kitties Mm. and we're gonna we're gonna spread the word we're gonna spread the word just like in music and that's I I I related when I first saw Cat Rescue I gotta say this I related it to music because when you're in music you want 
your music to cross over to different genres and everybody hears it. So that's kind of what I wanted to do with TNR. Like it was as, as amazing as TNR is, as big as the cat rescue community is, it's still something that's not fully known. Like I still go places and people are like, what is TNR? Is that a dance or is that a drug? (laughs) Like what, what is that? (laughs) So so people still, and it's been happening. People have been doing this. It's been amazing women doing this before I was even born. So for it to be out that long and not have as much awareness or people engaged in it, that's what I, I wanted to put that effect on it like that. It's like promoting a song. I'm promoting TNR. Yes, and the, I, I love this approach, although I what I noticed when I was looking at some of the videos is you said that there, well, the, first of all, your logo and the name of your organization is so clever and so um, compelling, but the word trap, trap king is perhaps a loaded word for some people so you are can you tell us a little bit about why you chose that name and some of maybe the pushback you got around it oh yeah it's a (laughs) so trap king is a term that has been around and related to people like scarface (laughs) you know the this like the top bad tough guy in the neighborhood if you're a trap king or a trap queen you're probably you know, into selling drugs or you run the community, but it's a, it's a word that has resonated and is over overly used in the hip hop community. Like in rap, it's overly used trap King and trap queen. So I was literally at a best friends conference in Atlanta. I love best friends. (laughs) Oh yeah. Shout out to best friends. I love, (laughs) I actually have, I'm actually doing some work with best friends right now up until the 21st, trying to get some special need kitties adopted out. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. But I was at, I was at a best friends conference and I was taking some classes. It was about a couple classes about starting a community program and everything. Uh, The county shelter that I worked with was putting me through a lot of training, which I'm, still grateful for it to this day but I was sitting there and I was thinking like okay this is trap neuter and return and I'm thinking wait a minute trap king I could be the king of trap neuter and return but trap king is and trap queen those words are going to resonate with black and brown communities in a way that usually it wouldn't and I was like oh wow if I'm the king of trap neuter return I say trap king I know that's going to grab the attention of different demographics. I knew it was going to reach people that I wanted to reach. They say in the military, you only as strong as your weakest link. And a lot of black and brown communities were our weakest link in that. So I was like, this is going to grab their attention. This is going to grab people's attention that wouldn't listen before. Maybe some of these tough guys that didn't want to, you know, that didn't like cats. So I was like, yep, I I, I just came up with the Trap King thing. And I was like, now I just need a logo that looks kind of like a, a hood Hello Kitty or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. So <laughs> I, it took, and that's, I am not. I'm getting drawing, a visual so, so bad right now. Like I should <laughs> yeah. not, like really I am. It's like a little Hello Kitty with like two little, you know. Right. Well, we'll go. We'll go with that. That's his. But Benny, look on his Zoom. That is his. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's just for those just tuning in. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yes, for those just tuning in, I'm talking oh. to Sterling Trap King <laughs> Davis. He is the founder of Trap King Humane Cat Solutions, joining us from Georgia. Um, so, and also while we're kind of at this point, um, Sterling, we sometimes take a break at the 30 minute mark. Sometimes we don't, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but like, I'm loving our conversation so much. And I've kind of been in the habit of just pushing through the break because I don't want to take up any other time with <laughs> commercials. So how do you feel about foregoing our break today? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, trust me. I could sit here and talk about cats forever. Ask okay. all, all the guys that was on tour with me. They, they'd probably be like, oh yeah. We could talk forever about cats. <laughs> okay, awesome. Then we will say, Benny, if that's okay with you, we'll just push on through today. Sure. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and and the if you want to see this logo um, that we have been talking about, um, and also of course the website, if you just want to know more about Sterling and his work, it is trapkinghumane.org. That is trapkinghumane.org. Um, yeah, so I, I, sorry, we interrupted you right in the middle of that story, Sterling, but <laughs> so now you, you, so you took the name and you were like, you knew that it would maybe bridge some, um, bridge into some communities that maybe otherwise would not have been um, uh, like aware of what you were doing. Um, yeah, right. so what else happened? So I was with that, that, and that's a lot of the reason why I decided to go out on my own, because I realized that it was a little risky, like using that word, that term. Um, I knew it was a risk and I, I didn't want to bring the county shelter in with that, the, who I was working for, who trained me. I didn't want to have them have to take that risk with me because it was something different. It was something that hadn't been done. And I had got questions about it. Even the CEO called me one time and she was like, so Sterling, because uh, I started using, I coined myself Trap King even before I went out on my own. Uh -huh. So, and I would call myself that in videos and stuff like that when I was returning cats and or going places talking with people and she the ceo was like so sterling uh have you ever looked up the trap king in the urban dictionary like uh it's not the this probably not the term you want to go with and i was like i i know what it means but i was like i'm turning a negative into a positive it's gonna grab the attention of different demographics and she was like yeah i get it but uh I don't know if everybody else is going to get it. Like a lot of people was reaching out saying, hey, do you know what Trap King means? Is, is he selling drugs out of this van? So it was it was some pushback from that. It was it was some pushback. I even got pulled over by an officer one time. And he was like, so what exactly is this Trap King deal you got going on here? <laughs> like, so it was a big it was a big risk. That's why I decided to go out on my own after I got a lot of training. I didn't want to just put that risk on the company I was working for. So I yeah. decided to go on my own and take the risk of Trap King and get that pushback because I did get some pushback. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Um, but I think you, the media coverage and attention that you were getting, I think is, is just bringing that, the new meaning that you were giving to it is spreading like wildfire. And um, yeah, it sure is clever. So um, and then Benny was just chatting in the, I don't know if you saw that, but he was like, oh, so what about playing the song? So Benny, we'll do, <laughs> do Sterling's music. Yeah, we can pop it in whenever you wish. Okay. Oh okay. my goodness. <laughs> I've got a couple, I've got two cuts and then I was hoping to maybe get a little freestyle from you. Oh, oh my goodness. But that's up to you. So I was like feeling it, but I don't know. This is a good conversation no matter what. I don't want to disrupt it with a little freestyle, but you know, I might have some instrumentals ready too. So. 
I don't might. Know, let you two decide that. <laughs> you brought up Tech Nine earlier. How you do not like that guy? I'm a fan. Gee, come on. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love Tech Nine. I do. <laughs> well, okay. So we will make sure um, that we end just maybe a minute or two early, Benny, and then we can play some of the clips that he got. Sure. Because yeah, I know Benny went out. And I totally forgot about that, Benny. I wish That's you okay. No that big one. deal. It's your show, not mine. I'm just no, hanging out. Benny, it's <laughs> our show. Are you kidding? Oh, we come on. show without Benny. <laughs> and also, shout out to Jeff here in Petaluma, who is doing our engineering now that we've got the studio quasi back up and running. Anyway, um, okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about what you actually do because we've used the the trap neuter return. We've been, of course, the acronym TNR. But tell us what that is and what exactly your organization does out there in the community. So TNR, like you said, is trap neuter return. It's the humane alternative for death and euthanasia for a stray feral cat population. So it's the process where I go out, I'll catch cats in humane traps. Traps don't hurt them or anything like that. And once they're trapped, I take them to low cost spay and neuter clinics where they're spayed, neutered, vaccinated, and then I return them back to their colony. So this prevents overpopulation and spreading disease. I work with a lot of different organizations too, as far as foster groups, adoption groups for some of the friendly babies that probably don't need to go back out or probably are in an unsafe area like near a street or something like that. So I work with a lot of different organizations to get cats adopted or fostered if they're friendly and social like that too. Yeah. And and when you were doing this, I have to ask because this I was already aware of TNR work out there, but it really hit close to home because this um the place where we've been living here in Petaluma for the last two years has a feral cat colony behind us. And there was a wonderful neighbor who uh trapped and then returned about 50 kitties from this colony. And I mm. think they'd gotten it pretty under control in the last year. There is a little mama who has had four litters in or mm. around our backyard. And we've been able to get some of them, but she moves them. And she, we have a, um, a have a heart trap, which I now from watching your videos, I understand there is another trap that doesn't have that really loud slamming trap door on it. Right, and right. She, this little mama is incredibly, um, she's smart. And she, even when we have tried to lure her in with her own kittens, will not go in the trap. And she just keeps having kittens and kittens and kittens. And now this colony is exploding again. And I thought I was really excited to talk to you today um, because I'm, I'm curious you know, what do you do in situations sometimes where you've got a really smart mama who just will not go in the trap? What What do you do? Oh, I've had I've had some smart ones, too. I mean, you got to I've, I've literally had a, I've watched sitting in when I in my van. <laughs> I've watched from out the window a mom cat stand in front of the trap to stop her babies from going inside like she knew it she wouldn't let them go in and i was like wow look at her she is really and it was a have a heart trap like you said i was like she is really gonna stand in front of this trap and just stop me from catching anybody but yeah. that's that's one of the reasons why you try to have a lot of different types of traps a lot of different types of bait Mm -hmm. And then sometimes like drop traps, I tell people about drop traps all the time. What and is that's, that? So it's kind of like if you could imagine the Acme Roadrunner back in the day deal, <laughs> like you would have a big a box with a stick 
<laughs> and and you know you run under the box and you pull a stick with a string it's yes. kind of like it is like if you can imagine that that's kind of what the drop trap is so but i've of course mine's I, I have one that's remote control so i don't have the string but i have used the ones with the string before too but now i have one with the remote control which is just makes it that much more fun but um but a drop trap a lot of times the cats will get pretty smart about going inside something that's enclosed like that so mm-hmm. a drop trap is, is something that's always good and i've yeah, i've even used at times the drop trap with no food so i'll use a drop trap with something like silver vine or catnip and mm-hmm. you know, people know what catnip is but if you don't know what silver vine is that's like catnip on steroids like it's Ooh. crazy so but i've even used that because sometimes i realize that some cats may have mouth issues so they're not mm. necessarily as turned on by the food, but the catnip will make them real curious to go up underneath that drop trap. So a lot of different baits, a lot of different tricks. You got to be you got to be patient and willing to try a lot. Sometimes you got to stick them and hide them in bushes. Um, it's just a lot of different ways that you could go about it. But some of these cats get really smart. And usually in a big colony, when it comes down to like the last two or three, it's one of those that's going to get you like they gonna they gonna be tough <laughs> yes and that is our little mamacita we've got here that's our little affectionate name because she just she is just a mama over and over and over again and we are <laughs> dedicated to getting her before we move and i'm so glad i talked to you because there's a wonderful organization here in our area called forgotten felines they do incredible work they were actually the partner organization with the neighbor here who who worked to um, trap and and spay neuter and return all those 50 kitties from before um, this little mama just came along a little bit after the fact so I'm so happy that you shared that so I'm going to reach out to them and see if we can see if we can borrow a drop trap from them because I yeah. sure have that in their repertoire um, and I'm and- glad you brought up the the gentleman that was the neighbor that was uh doing all of that like the 50 original cats like that because that's that's a lot of what I want to do is so many people like that that's using their own time and money to do things like that. And they don't get highlighted. They don't get the funds or the support all of, all the time. And I, I would love to highlight people like that. Cause that's a big deal. You have people that's out here and they've rescued thousands of cats and they're not even talking about it. They just do it and they live their life and that's it. So I, I like to highlight people like that. Me too. Um, I was so, I was just so blown away. Um, it was kind of a serendipitous story how we came to know about this neighbor because she has since moved. Um, but anyway, her work has, has been far reaching in ways that the folks on this street don't even realize. And she was just like you say, back there in the background, rescuing all these kitties with, with help from forgotten felines. And anyway, um, hopefully he's a trap can- queen. She is, yes, a <laughs> trap queen. <laughs> um, so, on the uh, I, I, one of the things that I also learned from some of your videos was that um, that the in the trap neuter return, the return is actually really important. Um, why is that? Yeah. So before, and this was before I had even got started in it. It used to be called just trap neuter release. But the re- it, we changed it to return because it is super important that a cat is returned back to his or her colony. If you like cats in cat colonies, you, they don't they're not real accepting of new cats. They feel like, OK, it's a new cat in the colony. It's either coming to steal mates or food or both. So it could be dangerous to just release a cat into an unknown area. You want to take them back to their colony. Um, the only time and this is still last 
worst case scenario here that I would try and relocate it all would be to a barn. You got mm-hmm. you have a lot of barns that need uh, Mausers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so that so if you must, if you must relocate is that's the way to go with a proper acclimation unit to get them acclimated to the new area. But you, you want to return it. R is extremely important. You want to return cats back to that colony where it's safe because somewhere new, it could be dangerous and it could be dangerous because they'll try to get back. They'll actually mm. try to find their way back to the original colony, which you go in in streets and all different types of stuff. And that too can be dangerous for a cat. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you clarified that because I, when I first saw TNR with your work and immediately what came to mind was trap, neuter, release. And I thought, what, what, why am I getting so caught up on release? But I, so apparently it's just been an evolution and this is something that we now know we, now that we know better, we do better. So return, yeah. not release. Okay. Right. Return is big. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what are, I, I would love to hear some of your favorite success stories, some that really stick out in your memory, either a particular cat, although I have to say Alanis Morissette, one of your more recent kitty cats, sounds like a big <laughs> success, an individual success story. But I don't know, big ones for colonies, small ones for individuals, whatever you got. <laughs> well, Alanis, yes, Alanis was a big deal. She was, I mean, she running around right now. That's my baby. I was not <laughs> supposed to adopt another cat at the time. How many times but, have we all said that? <laughs> right, right. And it's funny because I had I was I had made a post when I first caught her on uh social media and I was like, I remember saying, I am not adopting this cat. I'm not keeping this cat. So, you know, she's cute. Somebody want her, great, because I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And people were in the comments like, yeah, right. You already, you already got that cat. <laughs> that cat is already yours. And sure enough, she did it. Even the vet, because usually you tip the ear. I said another part about TNR I probably left out. The cats, um, their, their ear is tipped on the left, the left ear. You see a little tip and that lets us know that the cat has been through the TNR process. Yep. So with, <laughs> with, uh, with Alanis, the vet even called me and was like so Sterling what are you going to do with this cat and I was like what you mean she was like you're not I'm not going to tip the ear because this cat got to get adopted like it's nowhere in the world and I'm like oh man like just go ahead and tip the ear she going back out of the bed was like no 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 we're not tipping the ear like she's up here head button <laughs> she's head button and purring around the vet text like we are totally not going to tip this ear so it was like all the signs just led to okay this is my cat and I've always been an Alanis Morissette fan. Like, mm-hmm. I still listen to Jagged Little Pill to this, to this day. Yo, you so, be both. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is that album was amazing. Yep. So, I, yeah, it was only right to name her after Alanis. Well, Alanis Morissette is Alanis' name. <laughs> oh, okay, I got it wrong. Sorry about that. That makes so much more sense, yes. And, and then you've got, I know, I was telling my partner all about you this morning before, um, you know, we went on air because we, as I mentioned in my inquiry email to you before we scheduled the show, you know, we are, we have many cats. We, I've had many cats growing up. We always have any number of kitties. Some are, you know, ours, some are, we're trying to get homed out, those kinds of things. So, um, but I told him about Demita Joe, and then he immediately forwarded me the album cover of Janet. Yeah. (laughs) Demita Joe apparently is Janet Jackson's middle name. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) 
I have I've no idea. Always, music, being in music, all my cats have been named after. That's where Rick James came from. Yeah. Um, a lot of people didn't know I had. I adopted. While well, I had Rick James, I adopted a, a cat that I rescued a while ago, but she eventually passed. She was like 16 when I adopted her, but I, I trapped her, and I was about to return her back out, but the vet told me she didn't have claws. She, she oh didn't have, she was, she, she had been declawed. So she oh couldn't, my God. it's totally unsafe to be out there without claws. She couldn't eat, defend herself. So I ended up keeping her and naming her Tina Marie. So at one point <laughs> I had a Rick James and a Tina Marie. <laughs> <laughs> then Demita Joe, that's Janet Jackson's middle name. Alanis Morissette, of course, comes from Alanis Morissette. And I also have a Bowie. My birthday is the same day is uh elvis presley and david bowie so oh. i actually have another cat named bowie that um he usually travels with the amazing acro cats like my girls are always with me but i, <laughs> I have some buddies that i work with go, that go by the amazing acro cats y'all gotta look them up if y'all don't know about the amazing acro cats that they are incredible but bowie is the lead drummer in their band <laughs> yes i am not making this up he plays the drums <laughs> Oh my gosh. So how often is he on tour versus with you? Well, usually he was like, of course, before the pandemic, because what the Acro Cats do is they travel. They have a, a very big RV and they travel the country doing different shows, cat shows where the cats, you know, they use clicker training for the cats to do uh, tricks. They ride skateboards, uh, play. It's a band. Yeah, it's a band yeah. uh, it's even a chicken that's a part of this cat band if you can believe it <laughs> named cluck norris oh and <laughs> like it gets deep it gets deep so <laughs> bowie bowie spends a lot of time with the, with his acro cat people <laughs> oh that's awesome which makes me this this feels like an appropriate time to mention two events that folks might want to know about um, that you are involved in. And I feel like they're one of them. Well, they're both kind of time sensitive. So I want to mention them. If there are cat lovers out there as listeners, and I am sure there are looking at when we get our survey demographics for our regular listeners, I have a feeling we have a lot of cat owners or um, I hate to say the cat owners, animal companion. Um, yeah, humans. So Anyway, um, one of them is the, uh, it's called From Feral to Fancy, and it is a TNR fundraising cat photo contest. It's being hosted by Cat, cat Fanciers Association, which is amazing, and some real big names in, um, I think, cat products. And so this is, it's going on um, right now, the photo entries. And basically what it's doing is offering kitties everywhere a chance to compete for prizes with their photos. And there will be top winners in each category. So there are categories like beautiful eyes, cats in costume, perfectly imperfect if your kitty has some special needs. Um, so all kinds of categories here. And then the ultimate winners will be featured in New York City's Times Square with you, Sterling, in a photo, right? Right, on a <laughs> giant billboard. Me and all the winners, all the cat winners in every category will be featured on that billboard. So I'm oh. I'm real I'm really excited about that. I mean, I'm excited about the billboard and everything, but CFA, Cat Fanciers, and Rescue working together is a big deal. It's something that's not usually done. They don't both sides don't usually agree all the time because CFA deals with breeders. And for cat rescue, breeding is like a big no-no. So the two sides rarely work together. Um, they just don't see eye to eye. So it was it's it's really important for me, like to show that cat lovers of all types working together 
for something that's greater than ourselves, like what we do is the cats. And my, my what I'm getting, the money that I'm making off of it, 100% of it is going to other rescues and rescuers. So I want to, mm-hmm. I really want, it, it's a big deal for CFA to support rescue groups, rescue community, and do something like this that's all raising awareness and going towards TNR and community cat care. So that's it's a big yeah. deal. <laughs> and and I love the fact that it really brings in the community because I know we have, I, I'm a member of several Facebook groups where it's just all about posting your cat photos. So I know there are a lot of people out there <laughs> who want to share their kitty photos. So I'll just give the website if you want to know more about this and maybe submit a photo or something like that. Um, yeah. and I'm, I'll say this a couple times because it's kind of, it's it's not a mouthful. It's just a bunch of letters together. So um, <laughs> so you would, to to find out more, the website is VCC dot cfa.org that's v as in victor c as in cat c as in cat dot c as in cat f as in frank a as in america so vcc.cfa.org and it's very clear when you visit the website and then the other thing that i'll just mention um briefly is you also have a feline fundamentals um, class going on taught in conjunction with Tabitha Kusera and you two will be discussing feral fundamentals, TNR, trap demos, how to be a cat advocate, feline friendly handling, clicker training, and more. And that, of course, today is February 19th when we're recording this show or when we're live on air. But um, this class is February 20th and 21st, uh, Saturday and Sunday. And if you want to find out more about this event, you can visit chirrupsandchatter.com. That's chirrupsandchatter.com. Um, okay, so I know we've got just a few minutes left, especially if we're going to end a little bit early so we can play some of Sterling's uh, music. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the things um, that I've heard you mention, not only on the show today, but also um, in in some of your videos, is the uh, headbutts and slow blinks. Now, <laughs> tell us in the cat community or in cat language, what are headbutts and slow blinks and why are they important? So it's, it's so related to, and me and Tabitha will be talking about this tomorrow too, but that in cat behavior, um, that's one of the things, like with dogs, you see the tail wagging happily that's a good thing with dogs with cats not really if that tail is swishing back and forth like that you probably about to get something from that cat you won't you don't want so <laughs> a head but instead cats they do slow blinks and hair butts they'll brush their head up against you if they love you if they like you if they like how you smell they'll brush their head up against you so that's the hair butts the slow blinks is if you ever see a cat and they their eyes are locked in on you and they don't blink at all they don't trust they are aware they are alert they're not relaxed at all they are looking like i got my eye on you they want you to know i see you but if you get slow blinks from a cat chances are they're probably a little comfortable they may be a little trusting or friendly or somewhat relaxed so if when you get a headbutt or a slow blink from a cat it's like it's a beautiful thing especially like for me i'm i'm like I love cat, cat lovers know it. If you get the slow blinks, you get the hair, but it's like, oh, I've been chosen. Like, ah. check it out. Like, I'm. <laughs> so I've gotten some slow blinks from cats that I've returned. Like, of course, they shoot out of the trap first, and then they'll look back. <laughs> they'll look back and maybe give me a slow blink, and I'm like, hey, see, I told you we was on the same team. So. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do get a lot of headbutts. Probably more headbutts and slow blinks than most. <laughs> oh yeah. That's how Alana's got me all in my beard. Just all just headbutts. I'm just rubbing all in my beard. She does that every day. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. For what that story went, yeah, she wouldn't even get in the trap. She just crawled right up into your arms. Was like, right. I don't need to get in there. Just take me. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you don't have to fool me. I, you got me. Like, <laughs> you don't, to, don't worry. You got me. <laughs> oh, well, and I want to ask about, or maybe give a shout out to one more organization that you are that you partner with or that you collaborate with, and that is the Java Cats Cafe out of Atlanta. And I, if you could just mention briefly, you know, what they do in case, I just feel like this is an inspiration for cat cafes and other communities. I know they're becoming more popular, but like we don't have one in Petaluma. So what, what is cat, what is the Java Cats Cafe doing and, and um, what do we need to know about them? It's so funny because there's a show out now called Call, yeah. Call Me Cat. Yeah, I watch and it. <laughs> I watch, we listen, literally right before this, I just watched a new episode. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watch this show all the time, but that show is so, it goes hand in hand with Java Cats so much. The owner, Hayden Hilton, she started, like she left uh, college and started a cat cafe. And, and it was, it's kind of like the story of Call Me Cats, Call Me Cat a little bit. So it's, it's real, it's really cute. But she, what it is, is you, um you can go in, you can get you some coffee. It's like a coffee shop. But it's it's sectioned off where you could take your coffee and go in and sit with some cats that are all adoptable. So it's a way, you, you know, when you go to the shelter, it looks it's kind of scary and tough. Yeah. It's not as inviting all the time. But this is the cat cafe. What Java Cats did and what a lot of cat cafe cat cafes are doing is making uh, a fun, a safe, and a positive environment to go meet with a cat. Mm. You can hang out a couple days and decide you know, get to know the cat and decide if you really want to adopt. So it's it's just a, it just creates a much better environment, a much fun, more positive environment for people and for the cats. So yeah. love the cat cafe. Shout out to Java Cats. Shout out to all the cat cafes out there doing their thing. Yes. And, and the new show, Call Me Cat. I think there's like five right. or six episodes. We watched them all. So, um, well, I want to make sure we leave a few minutes because Benny did pull some of your music. So if you've just joined us late, I've been speaking today with Sterling Trap King Davis, who is the founder of Trap King Humane Cat Solutions. Now he is a rapper turned trapper. And so for our final few minutes of the show, we're going to wrap up our conversation early because Benny has pulled some of Sterling's music and some of it is very cat related these days. So, um, <laughs> Sterling, thank you so much. This has been such a joy to talk to you. Thank you all for having me. Thanks for giving me a chance to spread this word some more. So thank you. Yes. Yeah. And the website is trapkinghumane.org. That is trapkinghumane.org. And thanks, Benny, for running the board. Thanks, Jeff and Petaluma. And